Hey guys, Trevor Morris here. Welcome to Ask Me Anything. Hello mate, hope you're all safe and well over there. Greetings from one side of the Atlantic to the other, although I guess you're closer to the Pacific, so we could go around that way. Um, my question to you is from your score for the Tudors, which I absolutely love, and the palette of sounds specifically. There's a great quote from the go-between, L.P. Hartley, um, the opening of the book, he says, the past is like a foreign country. They do things differently there. Now, for me, some of these sounds that you've used, um, are they kind of sound, they're redolent of Tudor era, but they also sound like they could be from kind of world, a world palette as well. And so I wanted to ask you, what are some of those key instruments that you've used in the score? Why did you pick them? And how have you used them? What's the kind of concept behind the way that you've integrated them into the score so um, that is my question thank you very much trevor for doing this stay safe hopefully see you soon cheers mate bye paul thompson how are you mate good to hear from you uh you know paul and i actually started off in the business together it's a funny story um he was living in the uk i think at the time and i was living in toronto and I was working on a television show. Uh, a great composer, Amin Batia, asked me to help him out on a show. And this was my first time ever doing the television show, so needless to say, I was pretty darn excited. But at the same time, I had applied for and got accepted into the ASCAP Film Scoring Workshop here in LA. This workshop is a very prestigious, cool, unique thing for composers from all over the world to come to LA and you go to class three nights a week and there's guest lectures from big composers. And at the end, you get to write a piece of music, conduct it, and have the LA players play it and record it to one of four scenes. You gotta think about it, you man. Like the idea of conducting an orchestra when you're young, I've never done it before, is just like, it's a joke how awesome it is. So I wasn't gonna miss it. So I came back, I've never told this part of the story before. So I came back, I told him in, I got accepted. I'm like, what do I do? He's like, well, you gotta go. So I actually commuted from Toronto to LA and back for four weeks. <laughs> I'd go down, stay on a friend's couch, do whatever during the day, and then at night I'd go to the, to the classes. Anyway, Paul Thompson was in my, my year, my class. Um, here, check out the picture. That blockhead in the middle is me, and that boyish, handsome gentleman to the bottom left is Paul Thompson. If you look closely, you can even see Jim Dooley lurking in there as well. Um, so that's where we first met. That was a long time ago, longer than I want to say on camera. Uh, and then, of course, uh, our friendship is cemented over this uh, this little uh, company he founded called Spitfire Audio. Um, for those of you who don't know what a sample library is, it's basically the bread and butter of being a film and TV composer. It's what allows you to have the entire orchestra under your fingers. And, the, uh, you know, I spent so much time in the UK recording at the, at, at the studio called Air Studios. You know, Abbey Road gets all the love because it's the most famous studio in the world, and it is. But Air Studios, which is this old church up in Hampstead with this kind of hexagon-shaped floor, is just the most intense and amazing acoustic space I've ever been in, period, for sure. And so Spitfire Audio recorded all their libraries there, um, so I get to have the entire orchestra recorded in that room under my fingertips. It's an amazing thing. Anyway, the tutors. Uh, what a great question, man. This is like so fun to go down memory lane on this one. Haven't thought about that show in a while. Um, uh, you know, The Tudors wasn't my first television show, but it's, I think, the one that put me on the map. It put everybody on the map who worked on it. And at the time, um, 
just to engineer the process for you and how we got there, the head of Showtime, Bob Greenblatt, he's now actually the head of NBC Universal. He was the, the spearhead for this show uh, and the writer, Michael Hurst, who lives in London. All we knew was that we wanted to make a show that was unlike any other costume drama, period drama, whatever you want to call it, um, in every way, which I think we accomplished. Um, and, you know, the I honestly believe that the palette changed. Um, we changed the landscape with this show. I don't think there would be a Game of Thrones without the Tudors. I really believe that. Uh, not because of the music, just because of everyone who worked on the show. But if you think about it, you know, mid-15th century England, you know, when you think of it, it thinks, sounds a little dark and muddy and all that stuff. But the Tudors was shiny and glimmery and... and and, you know, there's gold and jewels and, and sex and death. And, you know, it just, it, nothing had ever done a period drama like this. So when it came down to the score, you know, I, to be honest, I don't think any of us really knew exactly what we were doing. We were just aiming at, trying to find the same point in space to aim at. So I rewrote the first episode or two, like, a lot. <laughs> and, you know, the first instinct as a composer is to see England score England um, and it, it's, it just, you know, it wanted more. Um, so I started experimenting with like a hybrid sort of approach. I'm not a musicologist or ethnomusicologist, and I don't think that way, right that way. I don't believe that, you know, the instrument should be exactly from the place, you know, with some exceptions, but just, it, I'm more wide open that way. So I'd have my woodwind player come over with a bag of hockey bag, like a hockey bag full of woodwinds. And I put the tune on the paper in front of him, the music, and he'd just start playing stuff. And I go, that's cool. What's that? He goes, oh, it's a band Surrey. I go, I don't know what the fuck that is, but I like it. So, um, you know, since then, I know all the woodwinds because we spent four years experimenting. But it was an instinct thing, right? It was like, that sounds like it belongs in this shimmery, weird world of the Tudors we're, we're getting to have a sneak peek inside of. Even King Henry VIII apparently was very tall for that era. He's like 5'10 or something and had red hair or, or whatever. And, you know, they cast Johnny Reese Myers, who was the Versace model. So right out of the gate, there's a lot of liberties being taken with the show. Um, and, you know, I wasn't afraid to write shiny stuff. There's Celeste in there. There's things like that. Uh, we did a lot of ethnic recording um, with string, stringed instruments. Like, for example, the dulcimer, uh, which is definitely in the score. And certainly the ear picks up as being medieval. You know what I mean? In the same way that like the steel drums immediately conjure up Jamaica or the Caribbean or something like that. So the dulcimer is in there for sure. Um, we did some psaltery. We'd we'd bow Appalachian dulcimers. We would just, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, the orchestra in the background. Truth be told, my orchestral programming skills weren't awesome then. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good at it now. But so I was using a lot of these live instruments just to help the orchestra sound better. <laughs> Um, but, you know, the, the key was to, to kind of, if it's, if it's dark and bloody, then go there, go all the way there. You know, don't be afraid. There's no walking on eggshells, no cat's feet here. We're just going to be bold. Um, and if it's sexy, then do that, you know? And so out of it came this sort of hybrid approach, um, where it was largely guided by, uh, my instincts and the visuals that I saw, which is kind of how I write anyway. I'm always reacting to the cut or the saturation of the color, whatever. So, Paul, to answer your question, it was, uh, it was, we kind of made it up as we went at the beginning and, um, until we found it.
you know, uh, and then we kind of just kept expanding on it and expanding on it. And ironically, the the, the last episode of uh, of the last season sounds the most Tudor-ish medieval in a way. Um, we got to do a live recording session at Air Studios, uh, got to conduct that. So, um, but great question. Thanks. Um, and, you know, Paul's also a, a very, very accomplished composer on his own. Can we link up some of Paul's music uh, below? But... Um, Great question, and uh, thanks for bringing me back down memory lane. Uh, I might put the soundtracks up and revisit them, but I think uh, to answer your question, is it's kind of an exercise in trusting your instincts, finding the things that worked, um, a lot of live recording, and then just swimming around in those instruments. Um, we did a lot of uh, viola da gamba, which is sort of a medieval cello in a way, which I never, I never knew how to write for until I had to hire someone to show me, hired an instrumentalist and say, can I have an hour of your time and show me how this thing works, how to write for it? Um, so it was a big moment in my career to expand my my palette, expand my mind, expand my, my musical contribution to an amazing show, well-written, well-acted, well-directed. I mean, everyone who touched that show went on to to, to good things. The the costume designer won the Emmy for, for costumes that year, as she should, and um, Henry Cavill, who's uh, King Henry's best friend went on to be Superman, etc. So it's just a, it was a zeitgeist moment for me, or a lightning in the bottle moment in my career that I'll forever be grateful for. Um, and uh, the score definitely reached a lot of people. Um, I, st I still get emails about it. I had someone actually email me they wanted to walk down the aisle to the theme for the tutors. I'm like, how amazing is that? Gotta love music, just connects the world. Um, yeah, it, there's, I'll leave you on that note too. So the main title sequence, uh, which had to feel Dorian or, or whatever, you know, you describe that mode as, um, and definitely conjure up the image, but it's got like a hip hop beat underneath it, you know? What's that doing there? There's no business being there, which is why it works in my opinion. Um, so that was a fun one to write. I remember getting fixed notes on it on the day after Christmas too. <laughs> we were a little tight for time back then. All right, guys. Uh, thanks, Paul. Hope to see you soon, man, um, when all this is over. And in the meantime, um, ask me anything. Keep the questions coming. This is fun. I'm loving reconnecting with my community. I love you guys. Uh, obviously, stay safe first and foremost, and um, keep the conversation going.